Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 78 of Histories of the Unexpected, the show in which we demonstrate that everything, and I mean simply everything, has its own history, like tax, harbours or sandbags. Or guns, swords and pikes, sticks, stones and bones. Oh, do you like what I'm... I, do I love do like, do like what bones I'm, it's a little are good. Games, bones are about games. It's a little bit violent. Yeah, about knuckles. Mm, Knuckle about bones. paint as well. Ooh, and skeletons in closets. We should do the closet. We should do fear. We should do nightmares. Yes. Yes, very good. We'll be following the links in our minds as we come across them, explaining how those histories link together in unexpected ways. Who knew, for example, Sam, who knew that the history of newspaper is all about power, knowledge, waste, fires, pie dishes and mountains? It was a boy scout for a day (laughs) and they had a large room uh, full of newspapers that you could slide down. Were you sacked for being a Boy Scout because you sat and read all the old newspapers? No, I, I bet I, that's what No, I we had to <laughs> sacked for being a historian. No, no, no. The reason the reason I left, I didn't go. I was humiliated, so embarrassed because mm. they put us in a circle and handed us a bamboo cane and said, "Improvise with this, idiots." Um, what does a what does a seven year old do with it? But makes a samurai sword out of it. So I was doing, you know waggling it backwards and forwards and poked somebody in the eye, almost blinded them. And so I felt too humiliated to go back. But we can do the history of humiliation. The history it's of humiliation. Would loads be, of Victorian oh stuff. God, shame. Sam, Sam, history are, of you, shame. are you listing all of these? <laughs> are you list- because the history of lists is about priorities, culture, death and dying, recipes and shopping. Oh. Well, did you know that? No. Uh, listen, the man sitting opposite me, it's the inventor of the dab himself. It's dabs. Or, as you may know him, Professor Extraordinaire of Early Modern British History at Plymouth University. It's James Daybell. Hello, dabs. <laughs> Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Uh, and <clears throat> the man sitting opposite me is the cabin boy of curiosities. It is the wonderful, truly wonderful, famous historical adventurer, Dr. Sam Willis. If you've been listening to the last five or so episodes, uh, there has been a theme Uh, to all your nicknames. You've been the noble sea lord of sagas, the admiral of the archives, the ship's captain of the schedule, and I've demoted you to the the cabin boy of curiosities. Nothing more than I deserve, James. That's not true. Right, each week one of us thinks of a subject, makes the other one do it through gritted teeth. Particularly this one, I think, because I came up with this when I was... um, We'd been walking around a cricket pitch, coming up with ideas, hadn't we? And we walked past two amazing pine trees really old trees which were leaning over at a ridiculous angle we did yes we were dry i was driving 
I was driving us home, yeah. having we'd sketched out <clears throat> a massive book project. Yeah. And then we were driving down and you said, looked at these and you said, let's do the lean. And I thought, oh. The what? The lean. The lean. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God, this is the maddest idea. <laughs> we didn't have a clue <laughs> no. what to do, but we took it on as a challenge. So I, my original thoughts were, they were vaguely historical, believe it yes. or not. Yes. Um, is that those trees were not planted leaning over, right? So the, the, those trees leaned because of the passage of time. Um, ah. Which actually, but I'm not going to talk about leaning. I'd love to do one on leaning trees because if you go to an arboretum, if you go to Killerton or something yes, like that, there are some beautiful. fabulous leaning trees. Yes. There are some semi-collapsed ones, properly collapsed ones. Anyway, but these ones just up the road are they're, they're a pair of pine trees. They're huge, and they are just they're about twenty degrees off both of them, aren't they? I think um, there's been some subsidence and, and the, the grounds collapsed underneath it. So that was, uh, I don't know, I just saw that and I thought it would be cool. Yes. And I, I didn't know all of this stuff, which I'm now going to be talking about. But... I think what I loved about it is that we just set ourselves this challenge yeah. that what we don't do is, you know, we're not doing sort of easy topics that we know stuff about. Let me do that at the times. But it's it's also just a test to ourselves whether we can actually do it. Yeah. So you'll be the judge. Where are you going to start with the lean then, Sam? The lean. It is all about urbanisation, pensioners, disability and extortion. It's about leaning on people for me. And oh, it's about Hollywood right. and swagger. So and I'm going to start, actually, with... Um, have you ever been to York? I have. I grew up in a seaside town called Hornsey right. up in North Yorkshire, uh, very near York. I used to go to York all the time. York is about walls. It's about Vikings. It's about floods and, and also about, about the shambles. Leaning. Leaning. Yeah, right. So um, I, I'm just, my internet's died annoyingly. I'm just going to try and pick up a picture of uh, the shambles. Everyone, if you're near a computer, just um, type in the shambles York and see what comes up. So it is a, well, do you want to describe it, James? You... If you have seen the film Harry Potter um, and seen Diagon Alley, you more or less have... Uh, the shambles in York. So you've got lots of tight, twisty, narrow streets and you've got very, very close together houses yeah. and the houses lean in to each other. So it starts, if you, when you're on pavement level, it's wider than it is, sort of further up. It is. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's the opposite of what you expect. And there are yes. gutters in the street for channeling filth and blood. It used to be a butcher's shambles. It used to be yes. an area of butcher's shops. Yes. So the point is, it's dark, it's cramped, there are wonky corners everywhere. Um, the, the, the cobbles themselves slope so that all of the muck and filth runs down into the, basically into the gutters. Everything, if you walk down it, every single line... Yes that you see is not perpendicular. No. Now, that's characteristic of medieval building construction. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Um, and they, they, were, they had this jettying system where yes. they were, they'd build the lower floor, then the top floor would stick out a bit more, the top floor above that would stick out a bit further. Yes. And that was so they could chuck stuff out of the windows. But it was also so that you could maximise space in a sort of tight urban environment. Okay, so building up yeah. was limited because they didn't have the ability to go too high because yes. they didn't have steel beams, essentially. Yeah. But yeah. you can go kind of sideways. Yeah, but it's not about shonky medieval architecture. No, that, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. So what's what's really important about this aspect of the lean, which I wanted to start with, is that you say, okay, that's what they were doing. I don't know. The, I, I think the shambles was, um, yeah, here we are, first mentioned in the Doomsday Book of 1086. It's properly old street, okay? Yeah. And then there are other mentions of it throughout the 15th century and on. So we've got some good historical 
material relating to the shambles. But contrast that to, say, a Roman villa. Aha. Uh -huh. And then you've got... Neat, ordered, right. perpendicular, straight lines. Yeah, it's absolutely. All, it's, it's columns of right angles, isn't yes. it? So what's going on there? That's the, the interesting thing with the lean, is it opens up this whole world of medieval... Um, architecture. Domestic architecture, yes. essentially. Yes, splendid. I mean, and also, I mean, it, it's... Well, the, the, I think the point is, is it, 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 it doesn't necessarily go backwards or medieval architecture needs to be understood in its own terms rather than yes. compared to what went before and what went afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they had their own way of building and it wasn't necessarily worse, it wasn't necessarily better than, than the kind of like the pure lines of the Romans. I think. Yeah, and similar streets can be found throughout Europe. Okay. I was in Stockholm uh, last summer uh, for about a week and the, the old town there is amazing and there was a little very famous street there in Gamla Stan in the old town uh, called Martin Trotzig's Grand. Uh, apologies, Svante Norhem, for my appalling uh, Swedish accent. Uh, it translates to the Alley of Martin Trotzig, and it is a really narrow, tapering alley that at its narrowest point is about... It's under a metre, so it's about 90 centimetres. So you can stand there, and indeed there is a picture of me and my daughters uh, standing there like this, arms on either side mm. of the of the wall. It's absolutely tiny. Um, Rothenburg, uh, the German town of Rothenburg uh, in Bavaria, has a is a sort of similar sort of patchwork of of sort of tiny uh -huh. tiny lanes. And most English cities would have had a shambles of some sort. Okay. Um, destroyed uh, during the Second World War and the Blitz. You know, that's when a lot of that sort of historic. Okay, so, so, so here's, here's the interesting question: is, is is we know that throughout medieval Europe, particularly, yeah. and I'm going to add Asia to that because I spent so much yes, of my of time course. in China looking at old 17th century Chinese buildings recently. Yeah. Um, leaning buildings was the norm. Yeah. So if we are walking around a city now, like Bath, for example, where you don't get a lot of leaning buildings no. in the middle of Bath, Georgian architecture, or Exeter, yes. Where, yes. We, where we live, is a great example. So Exeter used to be like York. In fact, it's been described as it used to be more beautiful than York, yes. but it got completely hammered in the Second World War, yeah. and that was in response to a Luft a, um, a RAF raid on I think the German port of Lübeck. Right. So you know you know you have towns in the modern world twinned with each other. You know Exeter twinned with whatever. Twinned this, by bombing. <laughs> this is twinned by bombing, and it's yes. twinned by the absence of the lean. So if yes. you go to Lübeck, or you go to a city centre in Exeter, everything is bang on. Yes. It's straight because yes. it was rebuilt. Um, after that, when when building, you can if you, if you go to a certain part part of Exeter near X Bridges, those of you who live in Exeter, which is the old sort of Roman Roman part, there is a a house called the the house that moved, uh, oh, yeah. which is one of the few surviving medieval leaning houses, and it literally does sort of look like it's a a drunk drunken house yeah. toppling over. So the reasons for there not being a lean, I think, is really important. So one of the places where there isn't a lean, or there is only occasionally, is Paris. Oh, beautiful Paris! Uh, um, but the Paris as we know it is, is it's it's post post revolutionary Paris. Yeah, yeah, straight lines, boulevards. Yeah. So this guy called Haussmann, yeah, um, more or less redesigned Paris, and it was all about um, making it actually difficult for there to be a revolution. Yeah, I mean, one of yep. the arguments he built these really big boulevards because you can get troops down them, and you, yes, and they're, they're much more difficult. You can't you, you can't, can't barricade, barricade them. them. Yeah, no, yep. it's what they did. But um, all the insanitary conditions, the inability to police, all of these things 
led to the utter destruction of majestic, beautiful medieval Paris. Yeah. So that's the reason that there's no no leaning buildings in Paris. Yeah. So each you know every 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 city is different in its own way. So it's about urbanisation. It's the about. development the development of city. So I'm going to take us in a completely different direction from leaning medieval buildings and talk about the individual leaning on people. Huh. Um, so there's a fascinating history of leaning on people. So extortion. Oh, for extortion. No, no, no. Extortion. Uh, pressure. Gangsterism. <laughs> pressurising people to do something. <laughs> That's really cool. So it is basically putting pressure on people to extract something from them or force them to do something against their will. So it's about extortion, bullying, blackmail. It's the history of political persuasion, plots and backstabbing. And there is a beautiful example of this demonstrated in the career of the 15th century magnate so jet you know um uh, power lord uh, sir john cornwall right um so we're talking about sort of mid you know mid 15th century the years preceding the wars of the roses um this is a period of you know real brutality this is feuding fighting um, between the period sort of 1455 and 1485. It's basically effectively civil war, breakdown of justice, uh, breakdown of royal control. And this Cornwall, Sir John Cornwall, is a, is a courtier um, and he has served as a comrade in arms to the great English warrior king, Henry V. He's an uncle of the current king, uh, Henry VI, and his power comes from royal connections, through war, successful marriage. Um, and he's basically created uh, Lord Fanop. He comes into property in Bedfordshire. And he is basically a political thug. Right. He's basically a political thug and leans on people. His success not only comes from being immensely well-connected, well-bred from land... Um, but he comes into, as he moves into Bedfordshire and the sort of power base there, he comes into conflict with another local landowner, Lord Grey of Ruthen. Um, and in order to build up support, um, he tries to win over the local sort of important people, so the local justices of the, the peace. And there are all sorts of tales about him, you know, blackmailing and using sort of fair and foul means. And in in 1439, the Grey and and Fanup factions, you know, come to blows, and Fanup arrives in Bedford with over 140 armed men. Wow! Um, he interrupts the the local court proceedings, insults the justices of the peace who are allied with his rival Grey. Um, who then turns up, but with 800 men. You can see the odds are totally stacked against him um, and intimidates those who are favourable for Fanup. And basically what happens is um, 18 men were thrown downstairs. Several jurors were accidentally killed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The matter is then taken to the king's court where the king decides in favour of his, you know, his friend, um, Lord Fanup, uh, who was Cornwall, and the local justices are purged of grey supporters. So it basically shows you how, um, you know, 15th century politics operated. It is about leaning upon people. This is not a fair <laughs> system. 
<laughs> so in this kind of in this kind of um, this kind of polit- medieval political world is not a far cry from racketeering of later periods. Yeah, uh, we can also connect this to um, the history of the thumbscrews. You know, literally putting the thumbscrews on somebody, or the history of the rack torture and torture. Uh, and there's a brilliant um, example of Richard Topcliffe, this recusant hunter. So recusants are, in the um, late 16th century, recusants are Catholics who uh, are open, openly are Catholic uh, and, and will not turn to, to Protestantism. And so Topcliffe's role was to basically go around and hunt people down. And apparently he, he toured with a portable rack. And there are various descriptions of him literally breaking people, oh. putting them on this rack and ripping them apart. So the history of the lean then connects to the history of torture, to the rack, to waterboarding, bamboo under the fingernails, electric shocks, sleep deprivation, Ooh, yeah. thumb scrubs, all of that. Yeah. Gestapo, witches. And it's all about making, it's it's about putting pressure on someone. It's about making a bit of space, isn't it? Yeah. It's about about yeah. elbow room. Right. Um, yeah. oh, oh, we like that. <clears throat> We should do the history of the elbow. What have you got? So we're talking about humans leaning on each other. So yes. I, I, look at this. Oh, nice. Do, 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 do. Oh, I love a gift. Look for, at for, that. That's a I cane. love a gift for the daybell. No, oh, is this mine to take away? Definitely not. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Definitely not. (laughs) This is a... He has presented me a beautiful walking cane, which has a... Which is a... It's a knobbly walking cane, and it has a brass... A brass handle to it. Very nice. This is the material culture of the lean. It is. It's the stuff of the lean. So we're talking about um, people 
needing support whilst walking. It's got a, you your know, son's name on it as link, well. Uh, the bottom. Uh, yes, he took it into school for yeah, World Book Day. It was very um, good. It's, it's part of his outfit. I think he went as Willy Wonka. Oh, very so good. So this is more of a kind of a a, a no. It's it's when 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 leaning was not necessary, but people would still have a have a have a beautiful a beautiful thing. So it's a bit of a sort of cads. A cad's cane. A fashionable cane. It's a, it's a fashionable cane. Um, you could imagine Oscar Wilde with something like that. Uh, he, exactly. He, he loved his canes. Maybe you'll talk about that a bit later, but it's, yes. it's, it's to do with you know, deportment as well, isn't yes. it? But I'm particularly interested in, um, because of my roots as a maritime historian, there are parts of the country in the past where you would have more crippled, injured, disabled people. Yes on show visible than you would in other parts of the country. One of the most obvious places uh, of that is Greenwich. So oh. um, in the 1690s, they began to build a hospital there after the Battle of La Hogue. So yep. loads of injured sailors come back from this. Um, this the pensioners, Greenwich pensioners. Greenwich pensioners. Like the Chelsea pensioners. So, so you could yep. be pensioned off if you yep. were disabled or if you were old and you'd served your time in the Navy. Yes. But it meant that in and around Greenwich, um, this magnificent building... Mm. Um, became a home for sailors who had once worked in the Royal Navy, had once fought for Britain, and then were supported by their uh, by the King and Queen. The money came straight from royalty. Yes, um, but it meant the streets of Greenwich were crowded with hunched old men leaning on sticks with wooden legs, um, which I think is wonderful. And I'd, I'd I'd absolutely have loved to have gone gone through those streets in, I don't know, 1740 or something like that. So the history of the lean is linked to old age and disability yeah. and pension off. But these 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 pensioners, these Greenwich pensioners, weren't your sort of, these weren't your doddery old old dears, were they? Not necessarily. No, no, no. Nicknamed, <laughs> nicknamed the Greenwich geese. These are, you know, these are more like if you if you've watched um, Only Fools and Horses, these are more like a sort of Uncle Albert, <laughs> kind of like cantankerous yeah. figures who were constantly getting into into fights. Yes, and court records show them sort of getting into fights and displaying all kinds of antisocial behaviour. Well, there's so, also a massive prostitution problem in Greenwich, right? Because there was, you know, however many hundred male Greenwich pensioners there with a bit of money, and nothing right. to do, right? <laughs> so if you look at the um, do not be fooled by the lean. Do not be fooled by the lean. Yeah, these guys, these old boys were a bit sprightly, I suspect. Um, but there's all sorts of um, wonderful kind of um, social enforcement and rules and regulations and laws which yeah. were passed in and around the hospital to cope with the social problems which were caused by the, the by the government looking by the after their old sort of by these old yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take this in. A, I'm going to follow up on what you were saying about the um, about walking sticks yeah. earlier on, and I think you know, I'd, I think we should do a designated. Uh, podcast on the history of walking sticks or canes. Yeah, we've talked about them in terms of people with disabilities, as sort of orthopedic props that age walking. But also, sticks had lots and lots of other functions. You think about the kinds of people who used sticks, and they can be used for practical purposes to sort of aid with with walking. They can be ceremonial, so a staff of office. Uh, they can be fashionable. Um, so you think about. Pilgrims or travellers using a, a walking stick, yeah. sort of hiking across the sort of medieval world, covering over rough ground. Bishops using them as part of. You've got a lean of tiredness, haven't you? So not yes. necessarily disability. Yes. So, so a pilgrim, for example, who might have walked three hundred yes. miles to Seville or wherever it is, leaning um, on leaning on something. Yeah, the same with soldiers as well. Yes. Um, yes. So the wonderful images of soldiers in the First World War and the Second World War, um, leaning against things for rest. Yeah, um, lying down as well, and he yeah, yeah, is yeah. the opposite yeah. of the upright parade yeah. ground stance, yeah. isn't a it? A sort of broken, 
sort of stooping. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Of, I should have done stoop, that. Stooping sort of figures. Yeah, I think of that um, Wilfred Owen poem, Dulce et Decorum Est, which describes that gas attack. Oh, yes. And he yeah, describes yeah. how, you know, the, the First the, the World War, of, poet. First World War yeah. battle worn, battle weary troops kind of hunched like hags under sacks. Yeah, so, he, of... so he's a poet who's describing um, the events of a, of a gas attack in yeah. northern France. Uh, the point about it is, is that, is that the, these kind of descriptions, uh, which are, which are, are uh, harrowing and beautiful, but they're very colourful, and they're the opposite of the very strict Britain needs you, your yep. king needs you, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of the, the parade ground militaria, which yeah. everyone kind of associated with the war, and then the the, the horrors of it started Become coming exposed. back, becoming yeah. exposed. Yeah. So art and, and photography and things like that yeah. are very useful in, in realities of it. And people lean lean a lot. You're slouched now. You're leaning down. I'm much I more always, upright. Oh, God, I have such bad posture. Mm. Such bad posture, which is why I have such an appalling back at the moment. Anyway, what do you make of that? Oh, uh, that's a that's a big stick, stick with half. spikes on the end of yes. it. It's a club. It's a kind of a club yes. with spikes on the end of it. So it's this, like a mace, isn't this, it? I mean, I think... Why you got a you know, mace? What there are... Because it's a stick. It's known as Henry VIII's walking stick. Is it? Yes. Good Henry God. Henry VIII's walking stick. Google <laughs> Henry VIII's walking stick, which is basically a large wooden pole with a metal end to it full of spikes. Yeah. And it also has a has a load of flintlocks in it, matchlocks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's a it's a sort of gun stick. Yeah. And so the stick isn't isn't merely about the lean, but it's also an incredibly violent weapon. Yeah, well, I've I've fired a, a gun which was hidden in a walking stick as well. So Ooh, you, you not can... a Remington rifle cane. I think it might like have been a Remington rifle cane. I don't know. It was a, know. this was a shotgun. It wasn't a rifle. Right. It didn't fire a bullet. It fired a cartridge. Okay. Well, um, these these are rifles. A wow. rifle cane manufactured between 1858 and 1888. Oh, it's really Sherlock Holmes stuff. This, and you it? were, you know, and you'd, <laughs> you'd go along, and they, they, we've got the adverts that survive for yeah. them, and it tells you exactly how to how to load it. So Again, the fake lean. Exactly mm. the the lean where you people think that you're carrying a cane because you're, you know, you need to, and in fact, you're packing. <laughs> Good. You're packing, and you're gonna you're gonna deliver your deadly payload. <laughs> So we've got directions for for use in an advertisement for the gun, the Remington rifle cane. To load, unscrew the handle and the breech from the body of the cane, insert the cartridge and replace the handle. Drawing back the lever will cock the piece ready for firing when pressing upon the trigger knob underneath will discharge it. Mm. That's great. You'd like one of those, wouldn't you? I'd definitely like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely shoot myself in the foot with it. I literally would blow my toes off. <laughs> the other way, the other way of, of thinking about the lean, moving away from uh, death canes, uh, is is the Hollywood lean. Oh, this is an idea we came up with together. Yeah, um, the Hollywood lean, and you think about the kind of you know those sort of rebellious, youthful figures, and the the, the lean of rebellion and so who are we thinking about? Elvis. We're thinking about Elvis, Jimmy Dean. Um, Marlon Brando, Brando yeah. you know, and this sort of very, this sort of ultra cool, sort of draped over a, you know, over a motorbike. Yeah, I've got, or a, a car I've got an image. I think it's wall. James Dean just leaning against the wall, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, know. which is so, so sort of contrasting of the the sort of louche preppy, or sort of you know, not louche, but sort of upright preppy yeah. people who sort of you know. But that's at a time. So that's 50, 50, 60s, yeah. 50, 60s America, where the, where the military is massively important. Yeah. They're starting to yeah. draft people. They've got yeah, the Korean yeah. War going on. And actually, culturally, 
you're 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 really making a making a statement that you're not part of this this military upright yeah. upright society. And it's quite a it's quite a it's quite a male thing as well. Oh, okay. And you think about you contrast this to the sort of um, finishing schools and female etiquette manuals that, that talked about women sort of being upright and those pictures of of women uh, have young of sort of I don't know teenage and sort of early twenties women um, having walking along with books yeah they leaning actually did on that. their they actually did it uh, leaning walking along without a lean um, and there are various sort of manuals from the time Florence Hartley's The Ladies Book of Etiquette eighteen sixty advised a series of preparatory exercises to correct posture. Um, and she wrote um, that a young lady should successively learn to stand flat and firm upon both her feet, with her limbs quite straight and the whole person perfectly upright, but not stiff, not stiff, then to lift one foot from the ground and to keep it so for some time without moving any part of her body. <laughs> oh, God. Painful. Sort of like almost stress almost, position. Almost, almost inert. Isn't it? Yeah. That is a stress yeah. position. But of course, I mean, the prop, the thing there, though, is, you know, you're not slouching. We've got to recognise that, yeah. that while these are um, while these are ideal conditions, that they're, 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 it's people right telling women what to do. There are a legion of women who paid no attention to this at all. And I think, you know, the likes of Jim, James Dean and co had their female counterparts Marilyn Monroe, Ava Gardner, Greta Garbo, you know, women who leaned in a particular way, yeah. the sort of alluring lean sort of cinematically. Yeah. Um, and also history is full of uh, women who have not behaved in a way that, you know, men have wanted to. One of my favourites is from um, a consistory court. So this is basically early modern England, 17th century, um, the church courts policed female behaviour um, or social behaviour uh, and reading through these kinds of records is a little like watching a Jerry Springer show <laughs> you know it, it, it literally is it's it's sort of that's clever you know it's the it's the the sort of margins of society and um, in 1605 one Joan Crankland a single mother of an illegitimate child living in the village of Raddington in Somerset was brought before the church courts for being sexually troublesome Mm. to the local authorities, having been accused of showing her privities twice a day um, to the villagers and apparently jesting to one John Stockham that he could not bridle his nature at the sight thereof. Wow. (laughs) One could hardly imagine, you know, um, (laughs) this going down well in a a, a sort of boarding school or Swiss finishing school for girls. Certainly, she didn't stere- She didn't conform to the styrofoam stereotypes of upright female no, chastity. No, there's a whole world of stuff out there. James, there is isn't the there? lean. Yes. So what have we done? We've gone from medieval York, Harry Potter buildings, Harry Potter, yeah, diagonally, uh, Paris, death guns, Lübeck, the Luftwaffe, Exeter, Gamlestown in. Stockholm. Yeah. Um, we've got cads and walking sticks. We've got uh, naval battles. Gentlemen pensioners. Gentlemen pensioners. Greenwich geese. Prostitutes in Greenwich. Yep. Uh, um, Henry VIII's walking stick. Hollywood. Yes. My God, it's bit uh, uh Leaning on people. Racks. Oh, I've got thumb screws. Yes. Who, who knew? Who knew everyone the history of the lean was so amazing? I didn't. Uh, and we haven't done leaning on a bar. No, we haven't done leaning on a bar. A bar presence. Yeah, too drunk, basically. Yes. The drunk lean. And um, we also haven't done slighting, castle slighting. No, do you know anything about that? I do. Oh. 
I think. Well, for all of the thousands of people who don't, don't. James. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I've got time to talk about it, but it's basically people deliberately knocking down walls of castles to make them physically look like they're out of use um, to make a, make a political point, make a practical point. Um, Corf Castle in Dorset is the best one, so the curtain walls are all leaning because they've been deliberately undermined to make them look that way. So there you go. I love that. And we have gone through the whole episode without mentioning the Leaning Tower of oh Pisa. We haven't, have we? But I've just done that. History of substance. Yep. Okay. Um, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, it really matters. It changes all sorts of things. Thank you. Subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends. We're on Twitter. You can follow me at Dr. Sam Willis. And you can follow me at James Daybell. And you can follow Unexpected on at Unexpected Pod. We are simply, truly, utterly proud to be part of the <laughs> excellent History Hit Network, home of Lord Dan Snow's History Hit and other fantastic shows coming soon. And if you um, want to find out more about what we're doing, keep in touch. We're on historyhit.com forward slash unexpected. We've got a big book coming and we've got our new website on the way. And we may be touring. We may well be. Hopefully see you out there. Bye, guys. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.